Welcome to the ETAP Podcast, a service of the American Association of State Highway and Transportation Officials. Each month, we'll provide information and insight into environmental issues important to state transportation officials. Well, thanks for joining us on the latest episode of the ETAP Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Wagenblast. This month, we're joined by Margaret Anderson Kelleher, the Commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Transportation and Chair of AASHTO's Committee on Environment and Sustainability. Commissioner Anderson Kelleher, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks, Bernie. I'm really glad to be here today. Thank you for having me. Well, it's wonderful to have you. And obviously, one of the things that we want to talk about, given that you're the chair of AASHTO's Committee on Environment and Sustainability, is sustainability. But obviously, you bring a Minnesota perspective to this. So why don't we start off by asking, what does sustainability mean to Minnesota DOT? Some folks might define sustainability as an intersection of several issues coming together. Of course, the economy, the environment, society, and being able to really tie those three things back to what MnDOT's goals and values and vision are as a multimodal transportation agency. And so we also see that as impacting the health of people and how it impacts the environment, as well as our economy. And so we're really looking for that triple bottom line in terms of how we are viewing sustainability in Minnesota. When you talk about Minnesota and Minnesota DOT and sustainability, why is it important that it is a priority? When you look at all the different needs that an agency like Minnesota DOT faces, how does sustainability rank up there and why does it rank up there? Well, I think that when you look at what's happening in the transportation sector, there was a time 15 years ago or more where the energy sector was the largest emitter of carbon pollution in our country, and a number of people kind of focused in and decided to take that on state by state as well as at the national level. And what we found is, lo and behold, the energy sector has been dropping in terms of its carbon input or output into the environment, but transportation has now surpassed energy. And I think that that's where we get really the call to action. In Minnesota, a number of years ago, the Next Generation Energy Act was passed, And at the time, it was a nation-leading renewable energy standard, which had the goal of really being quite aggressive. It included the private investor-owned energy sector, as well as the co-ops and others. And you know what? They actually made their goal sooner. They're on track for their goals. And what has happened is if you compare the transportation sector to that next generation energy goal, we actually are missing our targets. The real push comes from the need to reduce carbon from the transportation sector. It also is from the MnDOT perspective, we want to lead by example in the state government by really being a leader agency and in the public sector. And that also uh, means that we are making sure that we are working on the issue of resiliency as well, which I hope we'll get to talk about in this. That's an important issue in our AASHTO committee work as well. And then finally, 
all of this links back to the health of the environment and the health of the public. And so those things are really our motivating factors. Let me ask you something of a two-part question. I want to ask about the sustainability goals for MnDOT, but I'm also curious, given that we're in the midst of this pandemic, traffic uh, had dropped off considerably in almost all parts of the country, and I assume as well in Minnesota. Does that change the sustainability goals at all, what we've experienced the last few months as far as the pandemic goes? What I think is fascinating about those drops in traffic, and here in Minnesota, I think our biggest single-day drop was about 70% of a drop at one point statewide, the entire state dropping down by 70%. It actually, I think, has shown people that there are other options. And, you know, although transit right now, because of the pandemic and because of the CDC guidance, a lot of folks are not using transit today, What I hear from people is, I want to make changes to be able to continue the positive impact of not having so much vehicle traffic. People are also enjoying not having traffic. And the only way we get to reduce traffic is we need all sorts of solutions then. We need transit solutions. We need people who are willing to walk or bike if they can do that to work. And then also, I think we also will probably maintain a certain level of working from home, which is a more low carbon footprint. I think those are some of the things I'm hearing out of this from both direct constituents of MnDOT, the citizens of the state, but also inside MnDOT, we are having these discussions about how can we make a real dedicated effort to lead by example. When you talk about sustainability and transportation, obviously in Minnesota, you're there in the snow belt where it may be more difficult to bike, say, in January and February versus the sun belt where they can do that more easily year round. Do you think there are different sustainability goals based on what part of the country you are and what options are available to folks? Well, I think that it's a really good point that different places in our country will have different effects even from climate change and the overall changes we're seeing. Minnesota and I believe Alaska really could see some of the most dramatic effects. And of course, here we are both two northern four-season experiences. And what I see is that we do have a dedicated group of folks who will continue to bike through the winter, but that's probably not for most folks. And so that's where I think these other solutions come into play. Solutions like good telework. And at another point in my career, I worked heavily on the issue of connecting Minnesota via broadband. And I think some of those things are starting to pay off. We need to think creatively about, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think, huh, reducing carbon output is related to broadband availability, but I actually think it's pretty directly related because if you are able to get a good and strong connection from wherever you are choosing to work on that day, then that is going to help you be able to really, I think, change your carbon impact. In Minnesota, you have the Sustainable Transportation Advisory Council. Tell me a bit about the council and some of its goals, please. 
When I came into, uh, was asked by our governor, Governor Walls, to serve as the transportation commissioner, some of the most exciting work I saw being done at MnDOT, kind of the new and cutting edge, was actually with the Connected and Automated Vehicle Task Force. And that had been established with the last governor and with the commissioner before me, Charlie Zelli, who's actually back in the transportation game again over at the Metropolitan Council. And when I looked at what they were working on, Bernie, what I found was interesting is there were both folks who were interested in the technology of connected and automated vehicles and also sustainability. And these are two big topics for transportation. I see them being complementary and working together, but they need their own lanes to be able to really focus on what some of the solutions may be for Minnesota, for maybe even the upper Midwest region. And so that's why we decided that one of the big ways to advance the work around sustainability was to put together the Sustainable Transportation Advisory Committee separate from the Connected and Automated Vehicle Group, which has also been reappointed. And it's been a really good, we were just in the beginnings of our discussions about, you know, what is the vision? And this, you know, this is a group that has a wide range and perspective. We have everyone from our current House Transportation Chair, who has been a leader in climate efforts for as long as he's been working publicly, both as a private citizen and as elected member. And we have our Senate Transportation Chair. He absolutely acknowledges we need to make some changes in the world, but his focus is a little more on some of the other things that MnDOT do. But those two are sitting at the table together. And I think that that's one of the important parts of this is that the stack provides us an opportunity to have a discussion together about how could Minnesota in the transportation sector meet the next generation energy goals. Over the last few years, MnDOT has issued annual sustainability reports. What can we expect to see in the 2019 report once it's released? That is coming here very soon, later in May of 2020. So maybe when people are listening, they might be able to just go and see that report in terms of its release. One of the big things we are going to highlight, MnDOT is organized with districts all around our state. And so we are really doing a focus district by district on what is happening with sustainability. Another aspect of sustainability, we've talked a lot about carbon reduction, and of course, that's a big one, but also impact on the environment with some of the products that we use. And so in MnDOT, there has been a very concerted and dedicated effort to look for complementary and replacement products for salt that goes on our roads and bridges. And the biggest reason for that, of course, here in Minnesota is we are the land of more than 10,000 lakes. I just want to say that for the record. It's about you know 13 to 14,000 lakes. And we have a lot of water. And the pollution and the effects from the salt runoff have a difficult effect not only on fish and the wildlife population, but also on the native food population. Issues like the wild rice production by Native Americans in Minnesota 
we see correlations that when there's too much of the salt going off the road and not doing its job, but actually doing pollution, we have an obligation here to step up. And so many of our districts have been doing really innovative things. One of the things I just want to highlight is the use of something we call beet heat. I think that might even be its trademark name. But Minnesota is also one of the sugar beet capitals of the country. And this beet heat is created with the sugar beet product. And I think it's really amazing. It helps us be able to make sure the slurry keeps the salt on the road and not in the water and running off. It also, in some cases, at certain temps, is far more effective than the road salt. And so this is another aspect, and I think you'll probably be seeing some highlights in that sustainability report of the things that are happening region by region through our district work. You talked a moment ago about climate change and its impact potentially on Minnesota. How does sustainability relate to climate resiliency and what's been Minnesota's experience with that? One of the things I've been really enjoying diving into and through the work of AASHTO as well, being able to work with my colleagues to help define this issue of resiliency. And I think that in terms of infrastructure, it's such a critical idea and an area that we need to be focused on. We have places in the state where, because of persistent flooding, absolutely there's connections between drainage, runoff, all sorts of issues in some of these locations. But we do see these intense climate events where, you know, we could end up with 10 to 12 inches of rain in a very short period of time. So working together with county engineers, city engineers, with the MnDOT staff to be able to look forward when something has been repeatedly flooded or damaged, how do we make the case that either we need to A, Uh, rebuild in a very different way to be able to make that road culvert bridge more durable. Or in some cases, we need to look at what are the other options. Maybe we have a road that's in a place where really the land is not allowing that road to stay. And I know other states have this problem as well, where sometimes roads are falling into the ocean or they might be falling into the river because, frankly, the topography is changing underneath. And some of that is because of these wild climate events that we've had. And so we're looking with partners to say, you know, maybe there's cases where we actually just need to relocate the road even. And so looking at resiliency as materials, looking at resiliency as design, looking with the communities where they're being impacted at, If we rethought this issue right now, where might we design something differently? Each year, there are more and more electric-powered vehicles that are on the roadways. And I'm curious how renewable solar fits into MnDOT's sustainability goals and how electric vehicles fit into MnDOT's sustainability goals. Well, very well. And let me start by talking a little bit about solar and how we are utilizing solar We are kind of split in the agency in between where our facilities land and ownership. In some cases, we own the building. In some cases, our Department of Administration owns the buildings. 
this is where we really have been looking at solar array installations on our buildings. We often have large buildings where the solar array can go right up on rooftop solar. We also have great opportunities for conservation and we can't overlook conservation. The ability to replace old lighting that is less efficient, things like that have been critical to MnDOT. Over the last number of years, we signed agreements to purchase solar energy subscription credits for a quarter of all our MnDOT electricity, and we've saved $7 million by doing that. So there are other options available to large agencies like the DOTs to participate. Of course, electric vehicles, you know, we are, we are working on our fleet becoming more electric, both from a MnDOT perspective and a state of Minnesota. We maintain our own fleet at MnDOT, but there's also a state fleet. And so there are goals around making sure that more of those vehicles are electric. I think the other part is some of the exciting things with the stack and with over at the University of Minnesota, the Center for Transportation Studies, which I know is a partner on many different types of ASHTO projects, is looking at ways that we can all really have that um, next frontier of electrification, larger trucks, larger engines, being able to be electrified. You know, one of the important parts of that is looking at the finances of how are we going to finance the DOTs of the future. And so being able to participate in studies around distance-based user fees, to look at public acceptance of those sorts of mechanisms, the whole fleet is not going to turn over tomorrow. But I think it is important for us to get really political agreement with a small p, political agreement on what comes next, because it is clear that we are going to need a different way to fund in the future. Now, obviously, in your role as chair of AASHTO's Committee on Environment and Sustainability, you're hearing what's going on around the country. But for those people who are listening to this around the country, what can they learn from Minnesota about sustainability? I think that one of the important pieces as people are looking at, you know, how do we have sustainability be more integrated into our work? A big piece of that is looking at putting into our project selection our impact on the environment through a project. You know, we're all fairly familiar with the NEPA process and a number of measures around the environment. But one of the things that we're doing in Minnesota that I think is unique is we are now baking these measures into our project selections. By recycling concrete, a project should get a better score than another type of project. There are ways to reduce the carbon impact out there. And so by integrating the measures into our processes, that's one big piece of it. I think another piece is, you know, we have an Office of Sustainability and Public Health at MnDOT that's at the assistant commissioner level, and that has been an important both continuation and really recommitment by adding that public health piece in of the work going forward. It elevates the work up 
so that it is not an afterthought. It is part of the processes that MnDOT is going through every step of the way. And it helps folks think about how are we going to do our part as a transportation leader in the transportation sector to really be able to move the needle and have uh, less of a negative impact. Well, we've been talking on this month's edition of the ETAP podcast with Margaret Anderson Kelleher. She's the commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Transportation, as well as the chair of ASHTO's Committee on Environment and Sustainability. Commissioner, thanks so much for being our guest this month. Well, thank you for having me. It's really enjoyable to do. And certainly folks can connect with us at MnDOT. Tim Sexton is our Office Director of Sustainability and Public Health. Many folks know Tim out there already. And uh, he is just a really wonderful leader on these issues and a real partner for me as commissioner as we go forward. And that we're going to be able to make some real changes in how we are viewing projects in Minnesota and the impact that they have on our communities and the environment in a more positive way.